Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. <laughs> This is, um, I, Remy is, she is technologically gifted. I am not. So we are getting Remy added here. Um, it's blinking like it's adding her. So there she is. <laughs> we are gutting it out, everyone, I promise. Son of a gun, Remy. I know. I was kept saying adding it. So our main housekeeper, I talked about it for a second in that other video, is we're going to get a podcast channel going. So you guys can listen to us in the car all the time because we're just so awesome. Um, our main thing this week, we're talking about finding balance. But I want to congratulate uh, Breck. Hey, Ram. Your sound is a little low. I don't oh, know. Let me see if I can change this. Oh, it's not working. I'll hold that. There. That better? That sounds a little better, yeah. Okay, so I want to thank, I want to congratulate the whole Kruger. Let me just change this. I want to congratulate the whole Kruger family on an awesome RSNC finals. So KPH Performance Horses, uh, Breck made the finals a couple times with our friend Dina in the eleven two. It was exciting for Dina. The boys made the youth finals, and Brandon killed it in the no, maturity. They did not they make any finals. The I boys thought they made the eight, the eight and under. Um, I don't think so. Well, oh, well. Yeah, no, There's you're so right, Remy. You know my kids better than I do. <laughs> so, and then Strong Brandon um, had some bad luck in the Paturity Finals, did really well in the Open Finals, and I know it was a long, hot week in Texas. So, um, it was, uh, but so congratulations to you guys. Thank you. And part of what we're going to talk about this week about finding balance is how do you come down off of a show like that? How do you compete the way that we compete and still manage to stay somewhat happily married, keep your kids <laughs> somewhat happy, and, you know, carving out time for ourselves? So, like I said, I'm going to repost this on the Coffee with Cowgirls page, but that's what I want to talk about. I, I'll start off with myself. When I was younger, I wanted to be successful at all costs. I wanted to win at all costs. And I let a lot of things go by the wayside. And my marriage has, has been rocky because of it at certain times. And part of that is because we're both, uh, James is my husband, James and I are both hyper competitive. So we want to win at all costs to a point, especially when we were younger. And it becomes this whole battle of, you know, we used to get in the truck and drive everywhere. Like when we were first dating, we were gone every weekend. Sometimes we'd go, like there was a time we went to Reno for a show to drive all night to come to Southern California, which is nine hours to make another show. And I can't imagine doing that ever again. You know, I, I don't want to do that anymore in my life. I don't want to be in the truck for 24 hours to go ride for a weekend. But you, it was tough to find that balance, right? If I want to go compete all the time, do I want to compete all the time? Or do I want to have time for my family? And I know for me, it changed once I had kids because it wasn't just me and James anymore. We couldn't just jump in the truck and go somewhere. Now I've got other people that are looking up to me and it made a big difference in how I prioritized keeping a work balance and a family balance, which isn't the only thing we have to find balance with, but that was the big changing point for me was that 
I couldn't be on call for clients anymore 24 hours a day, right? I made bad clients out of people because if they called or texted, I immediately answered. That I didn't have any me time and then I felt guilty if I didn't answer them right away. And I, I've, I've really struggled with that, creating a boundary for myself that I'm allowed to take time off. I'm allowed to take time with my family. I'm allowed to take time for myself. And I'm a better person because of it, because I'm not so burnt out from everything that I'm doing, because even if it's 15 minutes a day that I can take for myself, that 15 minutes saves my sanity. So just to recap for those who are coming on, Remy and I are talking about um, work-life balance between family, between friends, between husband and wives. It's hard, and it doesn't matter if you're in um, the livestock agricultural industry or you work a nine-to-five. It your kids are in sports it doesn't matter it's just super hard to coordinate and keep all of that going and last week Remy um she got to take time off with her family because it's so important to do that and I was at a horse show with my family um the reason that I asked Remy to do coffee with the cowgirls with me is because we have a lot of things in common but yet we both come from much different backgrounds we have different perspectives. Her life is different from mine and the fact that her and James are both trainers. They both run a ranch. Um, whereas me and my husband, we've been involved in the horse industry our whole lives, but I am not a trainer. Um, I like to help coach people. I like to do that, but I don't do full-time lessons like Remy does. And uh, Remy's a super competitive person and it doesn't matter if it's in gymnastics or if it was raining cow horse or if it's in baseball with their child or it's team panning and sorting and um i i don't have the drive and competitive spirit that remy does so i think that it's so cool because we both bring such different perspectives um for the whole world right <laughs> uh and um but for me, uh, I am the type of person who, it's, it's funny to me, Remy, because I am very social, but when I get in large groups or like a scenario like I was in last week, I become super introverted. Um, and I think it's because the list that goes through my head of all the stuff that needs to get done and everybody who needs to be taken care of. Um, oh. It just doesn't stop. And when I'm around a lot of people, I have a hard time listening to what they're saying and I'm not trying to be rude, but the voices in my head don't stop and I'm trying to get that list done. I always get so worried about completing that list. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's like, so for us, we're also producers of big events and I'll get the comment that I'm cold or you know, people aren't sure where they stand with me, which is funny because you should always know where you stand with me. I don't hide anything. It's not always <laughs> a great trait, but you know, what it is, is it's the same thing. Well, we get a lot of compliments on how efficient our shows are and how well run they are. And like, we're a well-oiled machine. Well, part of the well-oiled machine is that same list in my head. Okay, I gotta get the computer set up. I gotta get the microphones going. James is taking care of the cattle, but I still need to tell him how many sets we're gonna run in this division. And it's this whole list that's going and then you end up having resting bitch face, not because you're trying to be mean to somebody, but you're just busy. And the people that understand how busy you are can forgive you for it. But from the outside, it looks like I'm just 
ice cold running around doing things and I am running around doing things, but it's not because I don't care. And if you stop me and you tap me on the shoulder, like, Hey, I need help with this. Or did you watch this run? I probably did watch the run and I'm more than willing to sit there and chat with you, but it's not my first motivator to go, especially when I'm putting on a show is go and chat with everyone. Because like the joke is my brother and my mom are the front of the house, right? Like my brother gives everyone a hug. My brother's super warm and outgoing. And it's not that I'm not, but it's the same thing. I've got this whole list that I'm running through all the time to make sure that you guys have the best experience at our show. And then it comes back that I'm the mean one. Well, I'm not being mean, I'm just busy. And I think that we all need to have a little bit more grace and forgiveness for people in our lives when they're busy doing things. A lot of people take it as a personal assault on them. If you don't say hi, or you, you didn't stand and talk for long enough, or you didn't do things. Well, it's not personally for me, it's not me trying to be mean. It's just, you're not my highest priority, right? My, my clock heads are my highest priority. The, the pen being set up correctly is my highest priority. The foul line being set up is my highest priority. And that's just how I have to tick them off in my head. And then I still have to make conversation. Well, I'm really good at multitasking, but that's a lot of tasks you're asking me to do at one time. Yeah. And so I, I get it. Like I get feeling kind of consumed by everything. And then there's a lot of people. And if you don't have your people there, right? Like, not that you don't have a good group there, but you and I have talked about your core group of people really isn't in the industry. It's hard because your core group can see that maybe you're looking past them, but not because you're looking past them to be mean. How can I help? Or do you need a coffee? Do you need a, a sip of water? Do you need something just to help kind of bring you back to center? And it's, t it's tough. And at a show like that where you add in heat and humidity, and I am like not a girl that does well with humidity, I cannot imagine keeping everything going. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, well, I kind of feel like it's a curse, uh, but at the same time, that's how I stay organized in, in my life. And, um, I like, I like everything to be in a spot, Remy. I like everything looking nice and neat. Uh, um, Kim Christie asked me, she was standing next to me one day and she said, did you show clip your horses? you've got to understand I came from I grew up in the Arabian horse industry and I left because Kim knew because she is an Arabian horse trainer and I'm like yeah I sure did and I have cross ties in my eye also <laughs> well it's like the same thing so I make sure like when our horses our clients horses are going to a show and James always laughs at me because they get a full show bath they get clipped and now my clients horses will show up like a million dollars and then I pull mine out and it looks like I've been ranching on them all week and I probably have but I make sure that my clients' horses look the best they can be. And James, like, they're, they're going to give them a bath there anyway. I said, but that's our, that's our brand, right? That's our image is that we're providing you, take you this. pride in that. I do. And we're, we're you know, I, I don't care that they're going to haul 24 hours. They're going to step off that trailer looking like they're ready to show. And I grew right. up in the English horses, you know, so it was the same thing. Like, and honestly, I hate clipping. Like, there's very few things I don't, I, I hate to clip. I do not like cleaning stalls. And James is like a fantastic clipper. So I wash horses and hand him off to clip. So it, it, it works really well, but it's true. Like, you know, we, I, I finally quit cutting bridal paths probably 15 years ago. And I laugh because I have some clients that still clip bridal paths and they go, why don't you do it? I said, because then I, I always have to go a little bit farther, right? To make it perfectly even. And then pretty soon my bridal path went from this big, like this big. And now I'm looking like I'm showing Arabs. So I just, <laughs> I don't cut bridal paths anymore. Well, that's why I told Kim, I'm like, I could have tipped their ears, but I did not do that. So, um, anyhow, yeah, it's, uh, I think going back to where 
our conversation was headed for today about um, just the balance of life and all of it. And we talked after I got back and you're like, I went on vacation and it, it was needed and it was necessary. And um, you told me, I don't, I'm pretty sure I can share this about James. You can share everything. I never hide anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're like, if I did the full, I paid for the trip in full and I did not do the deposit because James would have said no. And I am James. I would have been the same way. I'm always like, can't take time off. And I, it hurts. It hurts your relationship. Mm -hmm. It hurts your family because you can't work all the time, but it's who you're wired to be maybe. And I think that's what it is. It's like, so we all want to be, no, maybe we all don't. I want to be successful, right? And so you sacrifice things because there's always, especially, especially with the livestock industry, with horse training, with cattle, with pigs, with everything. Like I remember hearing someone say with livestock, it's always just running from one disaster to the next. And it's true, right? There's always cattle to feed. There's always a drought. Or if it's not a drought, then there's too much rain and the grass can't grow. So you always have this list of priorities and if you let it, and we have let it, like I, I'm not saying that we've been perfect. We all have a past and I continue to make mistakes. I just try and grow from them. You know, it would have been, okay, well we bought the cows and, uh, and our partner who is off rodeoing and it's awesome. Like I hope he makes the top 30, if not the NFR, like our partner on our new cattle south of us is gone. Well, that's a reason for us to not leave but you have four boys that are, this is the time to really make those core memories with them. And yeah, you make memories with them sitting in the truck, but at the same time it's, and I don't know if you do this, I've had this conversation with Nikki Saggioni before, like how often do we tell our kids, it'll be five more minutes, just a little bit longer, just sit there while we do this, right? Come help me do this. But then they, they kind of grow up in a trauma response too, right? There's always work that has to be done. Well, the barn's not gonna burn down if we leave. The cattle aren't going to die, you know, but it's, it's so hard to give up that control to let it go be. And so I joke with, about James, I paid it in a full deal. So we couldn't find a reason to back out. Um, when we first got married, we used to go on cruises because you had to put him out in the middle of the ocean with no cell service. So he couldn't get back. Like we'd been married not very long and we went to go look at places in Oregon. And this is like probably 15 years ago. And we were supposed to spend like a week and a half looking at places in Oregon. So we look around and he wakes up Tuesday morning. He goes, if we leave right now, we can make the sale on Wednesday. And we drove all night to make the cow sale that he makes every Wednesday. But it's the same thing, right? It, it wasn't a priority for us to stay up there. And I love the time that we had up there. But if I, if I don't make that concerted effort, because he always wants to go, right? He wants to go to the lake. He wants to go to Disneyland. He wants to do all these things. But if we don't make the effort and I don't plan it, then there's always a reason to not go, right? Like, that's the yeah. same thing when people talk about when the time is right, I'll get married. When the time is right, I'll have kids. Well, there is no right time. There is no right time. Wait. There is no right time. And if you keep waiting, eventually you're just going to run out of time. Yeah. And I, I know, like, uh, you guys go to the lake for a week and unplug, right? What? You said you go, you guys are going to go to the uh, lake for a week, too, and unplug, and it's yes, hard. Yeah, so we do a family vacation. Um, we've done it for quite a few years now. We go for a week in August. But uh, I it's something that, like, as a couple, we have sat down and talked about very recently that we need to work on getting better about because um, 
now more than ever before where I'm so sorry guys my kids it's summertime they're in and out from the lake uh but uh, now more than ever before we're business partners right and um it's a different feel because you're working together all day and uh I just don't feel like you get that time and I think it's we know and be together no and I think that's an easy trap it's it's not a trap it's an easy thing to fall into it's the same thing for us so we work together all day right and no matter what you say like oh we're going to leave it at the back gate we're not going to bring it in the house well we do billing until two o'clock in the morning and then you're you know, then your house space becomes a place that's not really safe for you as a couple anymore either because you're just, you're together all the time and there's always going to be an issue about who's spending money on what or how can we make more money or was this efficient? Was this a good idea? And like James and I both have very strong personalities, but I try and be his biggest cheerleader. Like if you want to try it, let's do it. If we fail, we fail. Like we're never going to starve together we're never going to starve to death because we work hard, but it's hard to find that work life balance. And then I get my feelings hurt about stuff that gets said out there and it carries in, you know, that's our business relationship. I get my feelings hurt and then we come in the house and I'm carrying that hurt consciously or subconsciously back into the house. And that's yeah. not always healthy, you know, and we've had to work on me being more vocal about when I get my feelings hurt and then should I've got my feelings hurt. Should I not have gotten my feelings hurt, but it's, and it's the same thing with him. I'll say stuff that I, you know, I don't think held any weight. And then he gets upset by it too. And as we've gotten older, we've gotten much better about communicating that. But it's hard because you're in business. Ooh, takes you know, a long time. Business, and, and you have to be strong enough to say it. Like, that's not, it's not okay to talk to me like that. Or if you want this done, then just tell me. And you and I had this conversation. So I'm a person like, tell me what needs to get done. And I'm going to go do it to the best of my ability. And like, once I commit to a path, I'm pretty well committed. And James is a person that likes to analyze every angle. It is also why we have been successful, right? We don't get ourselves in a, in a train wreck because he looks at all these different things. But for me, that kind of grates on me sometimes. I don't want to hear all the reasons why you want to do something. Just tell me we're going to do it and let's go do it. Let's go right? do it. <laughs> and it's, I, again, that's a balance because like, I would do whatever he said to do. Like, you want to go buy 500 head of Zebu cattle? Okay, let's do it. You know, and he would be like, well, no, we shouldn't because of, I mean, I'm just saying something. But, you know, then he, he'll think better of it. But I'm ready to, like, get in the truck and go. Like, let's, let's go commit to it. I, um, like I said earlier, I'm pretty sure that this isn't just you and I, and I feel like people will be lying to themselves if they said that they don't have you know, a struggle in, in their relationships with whoever, whatever, um, trying to balance work and life and all the things that go with work and life. How do you take care of yourself for me? So for me, like I, I, and we'll talk about this. I know we're going to have like a mental health episode. I had a really bad depressive episode a couple years ago, like really, really bad. And part of it was not having a work-life balance. I wanted to be everything to everyone at all times. And again, it comes back to clients and it's not even their fault, right? If you text me and I always text you back, I've now created that dependency on me that, you know, so you have clients, some clients want to monopolize your time. So you just, so if you are a horse trainer, right? 
it's not enough just to ride their horse. Now they want you to send videos and then they want to talk to you for 45 minutes. Well, you're not my only client. And it's the same thing. I think about it like you wouldn't ask that of your hairdresser. You wouldn't ask that of your doctor. Um, attorneys have billable hours. If you want to talk to them for four hours, then they're just going to bill you for it. And so I had to start not answering my phone all the time unless it was really an emergency. And then I did. I had to start with just taking 15 minutes a day. And James is really good. Like I need 15 minutes by myself not to talk to someone, not to answer because I do, I am, I'm not incredibly warm, but I have really good friends, but I, I have to be alone. I really, really enjoy silence. I really enjoy, you know, I really enjoy being by myself. I don't want to be touched all the time. I'm a mom of four boys. I am touched out by the end of the day. And I have super affectionate boys. Like my boys are so easy, but I get touched out. Like I don't want to be touched. And again, then that transfers into your marriage. Your husband wants to come in and give you a kiss. Well, I'm so touched out. I just, I don't want physical contact sometimes. But if I can take 15 minutes to stand in the shower or go sit by myself or go in the leather shop or, lit or literally just go sit in a chair for 15 minutes, then I can recharge my batteries and feel better. But I had to vocalize that because for years I didn't. I just pushed and I struggled. And I thought if I could just balance all the balls in just the right space, right? The clients, the cattle, my friends, my, my family, that if I just worked harder, right? Work harder, you'll get through it. Well, you can't just work harder. And I have good friends, like I have good friends that do real estate, that sell insurance, and they have the same battle, right? They, especially, and, I, and for me, I saw it really after COVID when so many people were working remotely. The burden of mother, of, the burden of children always falls on mothers, no matter how good a husband is, right? No matter how good a father they are. Who do your kids want when something goes wrong? It's not your husband, mom. it's you, right? It's always mom. And so I think that, especially when people are working remotely or working for home, it's like, oh, you can just watch them while you do this. Well, no, if you're really good at your job, you have to be committed to your job, even if it's only from nine to five or eight to noon, right? You have to be committed to that job. And when you've got kids in the background that are always wanting something from you, they slowly drain a lot of your energy and it's not their fault, right? Like their kids, they want something from you. Your spouse wants something from you. And I think as women, we always are taught to be givers and to take care of all these things and we lose ourselves and we lose who we are along the way. And that's what made you attractive to your, your partner, right? Who you and were. Mad. And you told totally yeah. me your shit. <laughs> yeah. And then like, for me, like, I know I have to work on anger because I, I don't lose my shit very often. And if I do like with someone that's not my family, it was a long time coming, but I watch, I, I hear myself being snappish with my kids sometime for nothing. Yeah, they just too. want my time. And then I feel horrible. So now I've got like anxiety and guilt over how I treated my kids because I just needed, you know, I just needed five a break. Minutes. You know, I just needed five minutes. And I've gotten a lot better about being like, I need my 15 minutes. I need you to not ask me something. I, you can take care of yourself. You're not going to die in 15 minutes. Just give me 15 minutes. But it's hard as a mother. And then it's hard as someone that wants to please. And I am in a customer-based industry, right? I have to please clients. But once I started setting boundaries for clients, right? Like you're not allowed to call me. You're not allowed to, I'm not that you're not allowed to call. You can't call me every day. You can't monopolize my time when you're not paying me for my time. And that's what my, that's how I make my money is my time, right? I, I don't get to fill out some paperwork and be done for the day. I have a lot of work to do. So once I started setting those boundaries, I lost some clients over it, but the clients that I, that I kept and then the clients that I gained 
are so cool to be around because it's like, I was gone for the week. I didn't get very many messages. And it was great. Whereas before I would have been trying to get to the middle of the lake to answer my phone, no matter what, just to check on everything, make everything sure is okay. And that's not a way to live, like always scrambling for, for approval and appreciation. That's not a way to live. And I think we're wired that way. And the other problem is, yes, like with text messages, right? You, you send off these missives to people where you don't think about how it's going to be taken or it's like, oh, it came to my brain and I'm going to send it. Now, I have clients that, like, that are super awesome. They'll send me a message. And if it's not urgent, they're okay with me getting back to them a day or two later. But I have other clients that would send me stuff that did not need to be answered and then got really upset if I didn't answer. But I trained them that way. For years, I'd answered right away. And it created just an adrenaline rush that wears you out. Because if you always live from one trauma to the next trauma to one disaster to the next disaster, you it's hard to rewire your brain to just sit there and be quiet. And trust me, like when I used to sit there for 15 minutes, after about five minutes, I used to get like itchy. Like I didn't want to sit there. I needed the time, but I didn't want to sit there. But you have to train yourself to just. When I, um, when I worked for corporate America the first time, cause I worked right out of college, I worked for a large company for 10 years. And, uh, that's why I had to quit ultimately is because I took everything so personally and I felt like if I did not contact somebody right away that the world was probably going to end. I just, I felt terrible about it and um, it consumed me to the point where I couldn't enjoy anything that was going on around me. And I feel like it's probably worse today in our society with people because um, we just have so much technology at the at our fingertips I'm not a texter I don't know how I don't like texting because that is the world that we live in and every that's how people want to communicate but I a lot of things can get misconstrued on a text and I don't like that I but I've never even even knowing that I've never liked to text I would rather talk to somebody on the phone hear their voice let them hear my voice um, yeah, I don't know. No, it, it's it's hard because it's just constant communication about about everything. And it's the same thing with like the 24 hour news cycle. Like you and I were talking about you hadn't been watching the news and your sister in law said something or your sister said something to you. And you're like, I don't know. I don't watch the news anymore. Mm -hmm. And you think about it like. If you especially in the like in the the team pending and sorting world and the horse show world in general, right? If you had a problem with someone, you wouldn't see them for another month. Right. And a lot of times time is all it takes for you to not be so upset or not be so angry with something. Well, now someone comes home and they're upset about something. Well, it's on Facebook or it's on Instagram, you know, and you can't get away from the problem. You can't get space to realize like, it's not that bad. And I um, was talking to someone, same thing during coronavirus. And I was like, oh, you know, the world is so much worse than it was. I was like, but is it like in your own personal circle? Are people all the things that you see in the news? Well, no. Okay. Well, take a deep breath and figure out who's around you. And if you don't like who's around you, well, then you can change that. But don't think the world's out to get you to get you or to change something. Just again, it's finding that balance, right? Like you need to know to a point what's going on in the world, but you also need to know what's happening in your little microcosm, what's right here. So are you around decent people that aren't, you know, sexist or racist or and like, and what do you see in the world?
Well, I don't see that in the world. It's not that it's not out there, but I don't surround myself with that. And if you can find the good, it's again, that life work, that life balance, right? If you can find the good in all these people, you'll realize that most people are 99% good. And where you don't agree or where someone's really bad, well, you can get away from it because there's a world full of amazing, loving people out there. People. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, I think that people forget that, you know, they, for me, with that quit watching the news thing, I mean, because I haven't watched it for two years, but it was affecting me mentally. Like, I, if I just was like, I'm walking away from it one day, and it's the best thing I could have ever done. Um, not that that's what everybody should do. But yeah, when monkeypox, I still don't even know what it is came <laughs> up. I'm like, that's a thing. <laughs> No, and it's, you know, but it is, it's that life balance, right? You can't live your life in front of a screen or, you know, in front of Facebook or watching the news all the time because it's going to give you a very distorted, you know, it's going to give you a very distorted version of what the world is. And again, there's no balance in it either way. Like going too far to the right or too far to the left, there's no balance. And you have to find, I think you have to find balance in everything that you do. And like for me, you know, it's like for me with the boys, so... We, our boys played baseball 45 minutes away from us, which was a struggle. So they'd get picked up from school. We'd drive to go play in a certain league and it was so much fun. But at the end of it, I was almost glad when we were done because that was an hour and a half of my day, not including the, the game that we had to drive. And it again took away family time because yes, you're together in the car, but it's like if you're racing to get there on time, if you wanna be there, you know, all these things, and again, it's that adrenaline, right? Like I'm always searching for that next thing, that next thing that has to be done. And I maybe it's not good for them. I think that we've learned to live in chaos though. Um, and since, and, and when I say we've learned to live in chaos, it's, um, we've learned to live busy lives, not just you, not just me, like the world. the world. And I think that was what happened when COVID happened is people didn't know how to adjust because their chaos of the sporting events, the chaos of um, the places that they had to go, it all ended. Nobody knew what to do because that stuff wasn't happening. They were, they had to stay home. And I, I mean, there's a lot of terrible things that happened during COVID. It's very obvious and evident, but there's a lot of really good things that came out of it. And that was that people were, forced to spend more time with those that they loved. So, and I mean, for us, it was good because we, like I said, we have four boys and it was, they got to spend a lot more time with us and figure out what we do. And they also got to learn to be more self-sufficient. Not that my, like my boys have phones, they have a gaming system, but we pretty much kick them out of the house. Like now that it's summer, they'll swim all day. So we yeah. kick them out of the house and it's like, go amuse yourself and then come back because I used to leave the house and either go swim in my backyard or we'd go on bikes to the grocery store. And like, I grew up in a suburb of LA, like you would do all those things and then you come back when it got dark. And you see it with kids that kind of go outside more is they're way more self-sufficient and they're problem solvers because they're not just looking at a screen. They have common sense in addition to be, and, and they're still technologically savvy, right? Like my kids can fix a lot of things that I can't fix but there's more value for them to go and build a fort in the backyard or go take care of the chickens or just swim and play war on rafts than sitting in and playing on the PlayStation. 
Um, yeah, I, it is nice living in the country for those reasons alone. My dogs are moving my, sleeping under my feet and moving my feel here. Um, yeah, I think that's so much that we've talked about today is things that is happening in everybody's life and figuring out how to take care of them. And by no means do neither of us have the answers, but I think that, um, there's lots of maybe just hearing that you're not alone. Like we struggle too. took me a long time to figure out what you said, Remy, about your own self care. Um, I like my alone time, which is, I'm sure a lot of people that know me truly are like, Oh my God, you're social. So social. We love, I love being with people, but sometimes it depends on what I'm doing in my life at the time. It's just, I get so over stimulated or something that I just, I need to decompress and be by myself. I like to read. I like to be creative and I cannot do that. Any of that stuff without complete quietness. I like that. No. And it's like, it's the same thing. Like you, you know, you stepped away from your job to, to forge a whole new path. And that's scary too, because if you're raised to think that there's only one path or, or a very narrow path to success and being the best person that you can be, it's scary to step away from that. And then the quiet time, same thing with self-care. When you find that, that quiet place that you can go to, now you start thinking about all the things that maybe you shouldn't have done or how scary it is. And that's frightening too, right? Being alone with your thoughts is not always the most fun thing. They can run and away I with think, me some days. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I think that so many people, I think that's why so many people stay so busy, right? They work so hard because you don't want to think about, it, it's scary to be alone with yourself. And, and I think a lot of people don't really want that. And so they're always going to find some next stimulus. You know, they want all that stimulation so that they don't have to sit there and just think about it. And like you and I have talked, like you said, you had to stop reading. And I have to, too, because I'll read till four o'clock in the morning. And then I'm so tired the next day. Now you can't I hardly do anything. Yeah, you want to sleep. Yeah. And um, so it's like you, you have to, again, and that's that work, that's that life balance, right? Like I need to go, like I have to set a timer for an hour to read. Otherwise, it'll be three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, man, I got to be up in three hours. And that right. was a bad choice. And like for you, so how have you tried to balance having kids that go with you everywhere and still, it's gonna be a weird question. How, how have you balanced having kids that are competitive and still trying to help them grow as people? Not because so many of us that were raised as, and I'm speaking from my experience, if we were raised as athletes or competitors, for so much of my life, if I didn't win, then it wasn't enough. And it wasn't even from my parents. That was just like the way I felt. So it's hard. Like, how are you dealing that with your boys to be competitive, but know that that's not the end all for them? Yeah. Um, it's a little different for me. Not that I'm not hard on my kids sometimes. Like, my little had me so mad in um, the four class at RSNC finals. And I didn't, I, like, he only had me mad because it looked like he was trying to ride an open class. I'm like, holy smoke, slow down. And I'm like, I don't care if you DQ, but just always, you know, you know, you know better than this. Don't do this. You got to slow down. I don't care if you DQ, but you're not going to ride. It's like, like it's the open class. Yeah. And, but for me, um, 
because I did grow, and you did too, but I grew up showing pleasure horses. And I watched so many parents, like, I always wanted to have horses. It was something that I always wanted to do. And I mean, my mom and dad scraped together everything they could to, to give me that life. And I'm very grateful for what they did. And then I watched like trainers with their kids and um, they had everything I wanted, right? They, they got to go to all the big shows and they got to do all of the things. And 90% um, of those kids are not in it anymore. And I don't ever want that for my kids, Remy. Like um, they don't have to show horses the rest of their life. If they want to do that, they can do that. But I don't ever want it to be for them that they want to walk away from it completely. I, I hope one day they want to share the love of horses with their kids. And I just seen too much of it. Not, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm sure that there are times that we're hard on our kids, but if they don't want to ride my oldest one, he likes to compete some days, some days he doesn't, we don't ever force them to ride. The little one, he'd ride full from the open to the end. I can't afford it. Let's be honest. So, um, but I don't, I just, I always want them to love horses. And so try to keep that in the back of our head as competitive parents. And I, I wouldn't even say I'm that competitive. I like to win, but um, for me, that isn't the end all. No, and I, I have to watch myself, like you and I were talking about yesterday. Um, so I have four boys, and they're all completely different. My oldest one is, is the sweetest boy in the entire world, but he's a soft kid. He's not super gritty. He'll do anything to help you. Like, that's what motivates him. He wants to be a helper. But, and, like, he'll go help you catch cows all day. He'll do whatever you ask. But if you want him to compete, he's like, no, I don't really like people yelling for me. I don't want to do those things. And then on the flip side, he enters the talent show, you know, right? He enters the talent show and he does really well. And he was okay singing in front of a school full of people. And so I have to take that into consideration that I can't push him. Now my middle two, they're gritty. They're like me. They're like bad dogs, man. The more you tell them they can't do it, the more they want to do it. They, you know, they push it. That's just who they are. And my last one is going to be hell on wheels. So I, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to need help with him, but it, it's, it's taken a lot for me to know that I can't push Kyle, which is my oldest one, the way that I was pushed, the way that James was pushed. And it's even like we, uh, we had a, a memorial for a friend of ours um, a week ago Sunday. And they asked, they're like, well, who, how many people work cattle with Steve? And, you know, a lot of people raise their hands. They go, how many people got an ash chewing from Steve? And everyone except for one guy raised his hand. And we were raised that way, right? You got an ash chewing if you messed up. And honestly, from Steve, it wasn't the ash chewing that I feared. It was the glare when you messed up. I'd have taken the ash chewing much more than the look. The silence and, is what killed. You know, and it's, it's, but it's, it's the same thing. Like when you're raised to take the ash chewing and hustle and do everything at all costs, it's hard to then as an adult look back and be like, well, maybe there is a better way. Uh, James and I were gathering cattle one day. And, you know, he grew up with guys that were hard and they pushed and they were hard on you and you had one way to do it and one way only. And part of that was it was almost all men, right? So men's brains are wired a different way. Like I lift panels on my back. James can lift them on his side. It doesn't mean that either way is right. I just can't do it how he does. 
So we're gathering cows and uh, a calf slips back and we're at the mouth of the pen with everything else. And he got really upset. And I was like, we'll catch her. She's not going anywhere. She'll be there. So we get him in and I go loping around. We catch the calf. Everything's fine. And I looked at him. I said, was it worth chewing my ass for the extra five minutes it took me to go catch that cow? And he goes, no, you're right. But when you're raised that way, right, it's the same thing. You're raised full tilt, full throttle, get it done. Don't mess up. And it's like, Again, the cow's not going anywhere. The, the house isn't going to burn down. Your business isn't going to be gone because of one small mistake. But so many of us were raised to not make the mistake, to do everything we had to do. And that's, it's tough to feel that way. And then again, take that deep breath because I had to do, like, I had to learn to do it, right? It's that, it is another balance. I had to learn to be like, the world is not crashing down because I messed up one time. But I was raised to be, the best I could be at everything I could be. And I have to watch myself with my kids because I want to get after them. And I was like, we're going to get to the, you know, two plus two equals four and one plus three equals four. So maybe I'm going to go the one plus three way today instead of the two plus two, because it's not, obviously it's not like, especially with my older one, obviously that's not working. So now I have to take that breath, take that second, reevaluate my game plan and then go back, you know, and like you said, your boys, your boys aren't the same either. No, they're completely opposites. And um, our oldest boy, he did not, he rode at first, like when he was little, I'm talking like three-ish, yeah. four. And he, he didn't, nothing bad happened really at all. He just didn't want to do it anymore. Like I would say from the time he was five until, uh, I don't know. I can't even remember when he started riding again, really. But it was a span, and a lot of people don't know that. But uh, um, as horse parents, it was really hard not to be like, no, you're getting on that horse. But we knew that if we did that, that he probably he would never ride. So we, we just let him come back to it on his own terms. And now he loves to ride, and he likes to do different things, which we encourage. Like, if you want to go rope you can do that if you want to cut you can do that we don't care what you do as long as you try yeah and that's where we're at with kyle so kyle wants to take guitar lessons and i was like i don't care what you want to do but find something that has a passion for you and do it and my only my only rule of my boys is if you make me saddle your horse you have to ride it for 15 minutes now if you don't ask me to saddle your horse you don't have to ride but if you ask me to saddle it you better be on it for 15 minutes I'm about out of that phase. It's kind of like <laughs> diapers. You're like, thank God that's over. And the little one is finally about able to do it by himself. <laughs> Grateful. The oldest you one know, takes care of stuff. Yeah, and it, that's like, I was like, if I got to saddle him, you're going to do it. Because again, that's about respecting my time, right? You asked me to do something. Yeah. Then respect my time because I took time out of my day to help you. And I, I think that we all have to learn to set new boundaries in, in our marriage with ourselves too, right? Like, again, yeah. that grace and forgiveness for what we do because it's really easy to get down on yourself, especially when things don't go the way. Like you, like, you and I were talking yesterday, right? You're like, I want things to go a certain way. And then I get upset when they don't go that way. Well, you mm -hmm. can have, like, the best laid plans and stuff is going to go wrong. So how do you handle when it goes wrong? For me, I'm like... All right, still going to get to the same end. It's not going to go the way that I expected it to go. But I'm going to, if I really want something, if I want that goal or I want that, I just have to work harder or I have to find a new find route a different to way. There. Yeah. Find a different way. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's hard, especially if you're a planner. Like I'm not a planner, so that's not, 
that's not my, not my strong suit either. Yeah. And, and James is very similar, right? Like we are going to do A, B and C to get to D. And I'm like, well, we'll go A to F and, and then we'll come back to D, but it'll work out, you know, but it, it, and again, that's a good, that's a good partnership. That's a good marriage. That's a good balance because I'm pretty like, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Like I get excited for him. Like I said, I'm a big cheerleader. But I don't get bogged down in the small things. It's like, oh, if this is our goal, we'll, we'll get there. And I think in every relationship, I don't think you can really have two big dreamers in a relationship. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, we all have dreams. But you can't have people that look at this giant picture and then no one that does the small steps. I've had to, as an adult, get better at doing the small steps because I'm like, oh, I'll just figure out how to make it work. And James likes to look at all the small steps to get to the big picture. And, and that's another thing that we've had to do, both of us is, and I do this with clients too, right? Make a big goal, one big goal, that whatever you wanna do, make that your goal. And I've had to do this personally for myself. Now, how do I achieve that goal? And then break it down into smaller goals. Well, then you have this list that you can really tick off nicely, rather than like, I wanna paint the house. Well, I didn't get the whole house painted today. Of course you didn't get the whole house painted today. But you feel like a failure, but if you're like, hey, I'm gonna paint the office today, and tomorrow I'm gonna do the kitchen, well then, guess what? You get to check all those little boxes off. And those little check marks are so much fun to do. I love right? that. I'm not organized, but I'm a list maker. Yeah, so now you have to start breaking your list down into, into bite-sized pieces, right? And then you feel better about yourself. I, I mean, I feel better about myself, and I, James has been, you know, and James has been doing that lately too, and he's like, look, he, uh, he writes everything down on sale cards from the, from the yeah, yeah yep. right they, they fit perfectly in your pocket and so he's like i made my list better because he used to give me these lists of things to get done and i was like listen like i'm i'm superwoman i am i am not that good and so now it's like okay what do you like what is the priority and then what other little ticky tack things can i get done today and what can you get done and then guess what like he's like look at my sale cards i gotta cross off all my stuff because it wasn't paint the house anymore it was paint the kitchen or you know fix this or do that well that's a lot easier and more palatable and you feel so much more successful and accomplished when you're not trying to climb the mountain in one day when you're just going to take the few steps and again grace and forgiveness right i wanted to get here in six months time okay well it didn't take me six months it took me a year but i still got here so isn't there value in me still getting here absolutely um well i don't are we about done for today remy I mean, I, I know. So also, side note to everyone watching, I talk a lot. I always do. You can ask Breck. I talk all the time, <laughs> even when we talk on the phone. And, uh, you know, I, 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 think, I think that what people need to take away, and then you can add to it, is like in your marriage, you have to have boundaries. You have to forgive people for imagined slights. Because I think the biggest problem for all of us in a work-life balance is that we don't forgive easily enough, or if we forgive, we hold on. Like, if you're gonna forgive someone or something, just forgive it. Don't hold on to all the baggage or be like, well, I forgave you for that. Well, then you didn't really forgive somebody and you didn't forgive yourself if you hold on to all the pain from it. But I, I feel like in our marriages, we have to be set boundaries and be vocal about what we need personally, even if it is 15 minutes of time, right? or it's more affection, like that's the joke is that my brother got all the affection and I didn't. So, you know, James has to be vocal about that because it's not that I'm not willing to do it, it's just 
that's not my like touch isn't my love language okay but it is for him and now i have to be cognizant of that so that's a balance for me in our relationship is to not be hurt or if i'm hurt i have to say why i'm hurt because he doesn't know and i don't know why he's hurt or why he's upset if we don't talk about it and you don't have to talk about it until you're blue in the face but i think people have to start prioritizing how they feel and are honest with how they feel because there's stuff I get mad about that I know is silly to be mad about. But if I don't say it, then it just festers away versus if I just said it, you know, right. If you say it, they're like, well, I meant it this way. You're like, okay, now I can move on or no, we have to have a fight about it. That's, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with fighting either. Like, I think you have to get it out sometimes, especially if you're super passionate and intense, but I think, in your marriage, you have to set boundaries you, and you have to set boundaries that make you comfortable. You can't, and they have to set boundaries and maybe you can come together and see where stuff needs to change, but you have to be open in that conversation and that communication. And I think with kids, we have to set boundaries too. And I know that sounds horrible, but they don't get all of your time all the time. Again, if it's five minutes, if, if that's all you can get, get five minutes by yourself. You know, go I, get your cup of coffee, go sit in Target. Like, that's why they joke about moms walking around Target, because they just get to walk around and be alone for, you know, for 30 with minutes. The cards, and be, with the cup holders but, from Starbucks? Look, like, I mean, I had to go get yeah. my Starbucks But it's, it's true, because you want to just, it's so hard to forget. It's so easy to, rem, to forget that you're an individual, right? That you're a mom, that, that you weren't always a mom, you weren't always a wife. You were all these different things that made you so attractive to other people. That's how you get friends, right? That's how you attract a partner. That's why they want to have kids with you or they want to have a business with you. So you can't lose yourself. But if, if you're always working and you're always scrambling and you're always just trying to meet the next deadline or the, or the next definition of success or the next trauma or the next disaster, you never have time to breathe. And then you can't even appreciate how amazing your life is. And that's what James and I really talked about a lot on this Powell trip was how much we have. How, like we sat out under the stars one night for like two hours and just looked at the stars and it's like, okay, so they, you know, those are the same stars that have been over every war, over all the settlers for time immemorial. And you got to just appreciate it and just take a breath and appreciate our relationship and appreciate our children, appreciate our business. But for so long we scrambled because if we just had this much money or we just had this many cows, we just had this many clients, that would make us happy. But it, it didn't make us happy because it was always like you just, you got somewhere and then you needed to hustle to get somewhere else. Whether it was personally or professionally, you're always looking for the next great thing. And if you don't take time to just revel in how amazing life is, you'll ne you never will and you'll never be happy unless you're just a naturally happy person, which I am not. I mean, I, I've said it, I deal with depression. I am not naturally super bubbly, but I can sit there and look across my life and be like, this is awesome. It is truly awesome in every sense of the word. Well, I think, um, Remy, I mean, as, and we talk about this a lot, as you evolve and you grow, you age, you change, your outlook on life changes, your aspects, everything changes. And it's really good. I mean, um, I always say this, and sometimes it's a good reminder for myself. Well, A, the grass is never greener on the other side in anything in life. But sometimes you have a, a break or whatever, you know? 
and the grass does look a little greener because it may be easier, but nothing easy is ever good. And there's a lot worth fighting for. And I think that part of growing as a person, as um, an individual is learning like how you, how you make yourself a better person for your family, for your relationship, whoever you're in a relationship with, um, to be better for them because nothing good is ever easy. No, and I think that being the best version of yourself is also how you are the best mom, wife, business partner, friend. And we all, we all put too much stock in either what people think or mm -hmm. what success we're looking for rather than if I'm happy, I make everyone else happier. I'm more successful. Things are easier in my life if I'm not. And it doesn't mean they're easy. It just means they're easier if I'm not struggling and fighting against everything. And, it's, you know, I talked about some of the things, especially with competing, and this isn't going to be my last point, is there's a world out there that's looking for you to fail. So if you can find happiness with your partner, you don't need to battle the world and your partner or your family or your friends. You need someone that has your back that you can enjoy all those quiet moments with, and then you can go to war with everyone else. But if you're truly happy, you don't even end up going to war, right? You do your job the best that you can. And, I, and by job, I mean, yes, your job, but also your family, your relationships, and building yourself. Whatever it is and that you're doing. Whatever it is that you want to do, then you don't go to war because it doesn't matter to you anymore. You are happy and fulfilled, and you can still want things and be fulfilled at the same time. And I think that was the hardest part for me, balancing professional and personal lives is being fulfilled and still wanting to be motivated and realizing that, yeah, it's never going to be enough, but enough is also enough, right? I can be happy now and still make really big plans for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Remy. Um, sorry, once again, about the technological issues. I had I'm going to work on it this week, I promise. So me too. We're going to try to get this on StreamYard so then we don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Um, sorry about last week. I was neighboring Cassandra Chisholm with, uh, I was in an interview with Cassandra at RSNC Finals, but the week was just so busy. She's busy. If you don't know Cassandra, she's amazing how she keeps everything flowing and going and all the and interviews. Smiling. Smiling all the time. And smiling all the time. Oh, yeah. Cassandra's <laughs> amazing. And, um, she is a woman entrepreneur too. And I did get to talk to her for a brief minute, minute because she's got um, like an event planning business that she was going to go out and start. And she told me that she's paused it, which I loved because I had to pause all of this to figure things out. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I know she'll do good things. Uh, also, um, I wanted to say this before and I kind of forgot. Uh, RSNC did a jam up phenomenal job. Um, I don't know if you saw the Wednesday night finals, Remy, but Chance was Chance Carnes. Yeah, I watched the video feed afterwards. Extremely, extremely touching. They did amazing. Um, and they raised a ton of money for a scholarship for the youth, which was way cool. But uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I. On the way home, Brandon said something to me and I'm like, and it kind of goes back into our conversation. So I'm just going to say this really quick because the cow horse industry lost another youth over the weekend in a car accident. And there's just, it seems like there's just been so much of that. And 
our small horse community and it doesn't matter what part of the community you're in it's just a lot of young deaths tragic accidents and things and he's like you know at the end of the day it doesn't matter what happens we should be feel pretty blessed that we get a roll down the road with our kids and it's something that we all love and we all enjoy doing together and i'm like i you know you're right no and it's you know it, again we we've, we've had a couple really bad wrecks lately there's been we know of a couple guys out here that have died and it's true. It's like, so if you scrambled all that time to not enjoy your friends and your family mm -hmm. and yourself, what was it worth at the end of the day? Because we are lucky to do what we do in the country that we do it in. Yeah. You know? And so again, take time for yourself, take time for your family, take time for your friends. And like, I always make it weird. I always tell people I love them at the end of phone calls and they get weirded out because again, I'm not warm, but what if, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So I think you lose sight of that sometimes. You lose sight of how fast things can just go. But... All right, friends. I will see yeah. you at some point again. And we're going to try and get it up as a podcast. And she will get this shuffled over to YouTube. And I will share it on Coffee with Cowgirls. Yeah. I hope everybody has a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye.